You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Oh, we missed you. We missed you. We missed you. Welcome to another edition of the Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast with Josh Tolley, the one and only... It's been, what, more than a month, and we've been trying to figure it out. It's a, hey, we know everybody's busy. We know everybody's hectic. We also need a summer vacation. Ricky is supposed to join us in a couple of minutes. He's in uh, Canada, so I think the Wi-Fi is different. Tolly is on his farm, ready to go. Tolly, before Ricky gets here, I missed you. How you been? Yeah, I've been doing great. I miss you guys as well. Um, vacation seemed to be, uh, be in the mix, and um, it was appropriate, much needed. Um before uh, fall and winter so um it's good to be back i'm sure everybody's thrilled to, that we're back so let's uh let, let's do it ricky yeah the internet's bad in canada he's still figuring it out yeah i, I like how you said that it's fall and winter once again la people we have no idea what that means oh yeah you don't know what that means no, yeah no. it's fall the trees start turning colors here soon no clue what you mean again. <laughs> so let, let, let's give everybody a background of what's been going on it's been a while because uh, we've been busy. Um, I've been running around, uh, football training camps was started here in Southern California. So I had to go to charger camp one day while we had a schedule. Um, totally was doing a bunch of other stuff. Ricky has been in Canada all of August. Uh, he had mentioned he bought a house and so he joined it. So he's getting all that going on and here he comes. The one and only Ricky Romero joins us. Yeah, there he is. So the, the, the Wi-Fi does work in Canada. It does. I found the rumor that this 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 house is four stories. Oh, and so the so the, so the, so the, the I found out the Wi-Fi router is in the, the the floor way downstairs, and this is where it gets the best internet. All right, all right. So okay, we got you though. We got you. We're good. Uh, as you can see, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, Ricky has a ladder behind him. It's a brand new house that he bought in Canada. So. Uh, I got oh, I thought it was a ladder. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. We got our own picture and poster, whatever that is, painted of you. I got to set up my man cave right here, man. Boom. <laughs> hey, hey is it, wait, hold on. Hold on one second. Isn't that unbelievable? I still have March's schedule behind me, and this guy just bought a house, and he's got a man cave around. Hey, dude. I came and dropped it off. A friend of mine, he's like, hey, I, I got into uh, like digital photograph or something. I don't know if that's right, the correct term, but he's like, he's like, what was one of your career best games? I was like, uh, probably a CG in Yankee Stadium. So he redid that picture and then wrote wow. the date, everything on it, like the, the line. and That's yeah, cool. That's that is cool. Uh, all right. So, well, we haven't missed much, Rick. This is just a quick episode to catch up, people. I know people have been like, hey, where have you guys been? What have you guys been doing? Um, Sorry, this- that's that's my bad. I, I just, honestly, this this is this is what's going on. So, <laughs> I'm sure you guys can relate. So, so, we, so we, we've been here since August 5th, and the, the, the month of July – the kids are in school. So, you know, we knew we had a routine. We knew how to, you know, they go to school. We have some free time. 
well, dude, we didn't even think of that. When we came here, we have the kids 24-7. So we've been <laughs> busy as shit. Look, so yeah. talk about having to parent, really, really parent. It's been parenting. <laughs> hasn't been much of a vacation. So we have the kids 24-7. And, yeah, it's just been <laughs> – we I'm, yeah. you know, I'm like dead by the end of the day. I like – you guys are like – I wake up to like 80 text messages in the morning by you guys. And you guys are talking about the Dodger game. The Dodger game, I'm like long gone. And and Dodger game's part of that. Ricky's on Tolly time. Tolly was talking about how his kids don't go back to school until after Labor Day, so he still got them at home. Yeah. No, Ricky, I feel you. Dude, I homeschooled my kids last year. Imagine that. Nine, I can't. No. Seven, I would six-year-old, put my head through the screen. <laughs> I'd quit being a dad if that was the case. I love them. They're amazing. I love them, but holy crap. They're- September 9th, I just re-enrolled them in school, and I sent the paperwork to the school. I dro- I hand-delivered it. No questions asked. Here's the paperwork. And the lady goes, why are you so happy? I said, why am I so happy? Because I was the teacher last year, and I don't have the mental capacity to do it. And she's like, oh, I feel you. Yeah, so, totally so fired himself. It's it's been like that. It's been like we have the two boys and the newborn, and then it's been like I don't know. I'm sure you guys are going getting that same heat wave. Yeah, it is. And uh, our house has two AC units, and one of them blew out, and that's the one from the kitchen. So it's been an absolute sauna there. So we've been dealing with that, and yeah, again, it's just readjusting. It took us it took us a good week to to adjust. Like I can tell, Cara, we were both like frustrated. We didn't know what to do, but now we found the parks around here and and stuff like that. So it's been pretty cool. It's, it's actually we, we we had just now. That's why I was a little late. We had to extend our trip a few days just because um, uh, we're doing renovations in our home back in Hermosa, and uh, yeah, they're they're not going to be done by by this week. So we we're going to no. say like we're going to say three extra days. I, I make sure Beto that I was. Carl was like, let's come back like Saturday or Sunday. I was like, no, no, no. Sunday's a big day. I, I got to be back. <laughs> it's our fantasy football draft. So. Live? Live? Or are you guys doing it on the internet? Live? Getting a, live at Ricky's house. We're getting a hibachi guy. He's going to come and cook for us. And oh. yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's 150 bucks to get in. And that doesn't include leafy. That includes just the food, uh, the hibachi guy. That's so fair, though. We, we were ready to we were ready to give away spots. Uh, a friend Marco didn't register, so I registered twice and took his spot. And I was ready to sell him. I'm like he's like he just wants to go to the hibachi. I'm like I just want the hibachi. I'm like hey, I, you can buy my other team because I I got two teams now. He was taking yeah. forever. Uh, but yeah, so here we go. Our last uh, podcast was July thirteenth. Um, we missed you guys. And thanks to everybody that keeps on sending messages like, where are you guys? Where are you guys? And they just giving you the behind the scenes of what how hard it is to actually do a podcast. To get everybody's schedule lined up, and that's why we do it uh, Tuesdays at 10 where we know it, schedule, boom, ready to go. But then you mentioned life happens where I got to go or Ricky's got to go or Toy's got to go. And it's like, we could do it just one person, but the vibe and the energy is with us three. And then today we're like, okay, we're going to do it no matter what because our fans on Instagram and the Let's Go Ricky Roll Instagram, uh, Blue Jay Fans UK, uh, Alaska Jones, J- Justin Jones, Billy Wardlow, uh, Diamond Bums, uh, people just sending messages. 
you guys still exist? You guys still there? Uh, Ruben Polanco. <laughs> Ruben Polanco sent him as like, hey, I need you guys. I drive in traffic on, on Tuesdays. I need to listen to you guys. So we're here for you. Uh, Tor Pan 13 sent a message. Uh, hoping we get another Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast. It's been a month, guys. Come on, crying face. So we appreciate everybody who's there for you because it's a podcast that's unique, it's fun, and it just gives you stories behind the scenes. And there's been so much going on here. All right, Tolly, I want to start with you. I want to start with you, Tolly. Okay. Because you're the guy who's in that baseball world right now. So in the summer, there's a bunch of camps everywhere. Are you like, like Mr. Coach all day, all night right now? No, I, I, I'm not. Um, no, I, I don't. I, I, I did one camp, but um, I'm working on I'm working on some stuff staying in the youth the youth space. I do enjoy youth sports, um, youth baseball, but um, I have to tell you what what I've been busy with is freaking fixing my tractors. They keep breaking, pissing <laughs> me off. That's what I've been doing, guys. Huh? <laughs> I was not expecting that answer, Rick. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've been doing. I have not been doing it. Now that the Little League is over. Okay. The Little League is done. So so now this is kind of the final touches before we get into the fall and the winter. Is like you got to cut the wood. You got to you have to mow the grass down and get it. Hopefully it dies off soon. I'm tired of mowing grass. Rick, that's your guy. <laughs> Hey man, I'm learning all about. So my my father-in-law lives here with us in in, in Toronto, and he's the one that oversees everything. Um, and he's like, I see lawnmowers, I see snowblowers, and I'm like, what the heck are those? And he was like showing me the other day. This is what you do with these, and I'm like, what? <laughs> and we're coming here. We're coming here in December. We're, we're gonna come spend the holidays because again, Cara hasn't really seen her family, so we figured. We come back in December, spend a couple of weeks. Hopefully, it snows for the kids. Um, but yeah, so I'm gonna find myself probably shoveling my my driveway, and I'm gonna probably put videos up like Joshua's last year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there it is. So, see, people, we've been busy here. You guys think that they're they're retired ball players and they just sit around and do nothing? No, there's a lot of stuff going on. It's it's a lot yeah. of stress for them. It's it's almost like you guys wish you were playing. That way, you don't have to deal with this. <laughs> Yeah, playing I, would be like the perfect thing, right? <laughs> yeah, I, hey, that's funny. I said that the other day. I said there, there's a part of it where it's like my life on the road playing baseball was a thousand times easier <laughs> from like a work standpoint. Now, the, obviously, the stress level is significantly higher playing baseball, but doing this, it's just, I mean, I had to get, here's the deal, right? So I kept breaking my lawnmower. The belt kept breaking. So my my, my in-laws have this big art show coming up. And I keep breaking the lawnmower, and they need to mow. So I have to keep fixing the lawnmower. Well, this morning at 7.30, I got up. There's dew on the grass. And I cut the lawn for the first time in about two weeks. And it took me about two and a half hours. And that's, what? Yeah, that's my life. <laughs> That's hard. That's a lot harder than playing every fifth day and catching a knuckleball. That's for sure. Yeah, it's a hell of a lot harder, dude. <laughs> at six o'clock in the morning? Huh? I haven't seen six o'clock in the morning, and who knows how long? Oh my god! See, so there's, actually, there's actually a subject I want. I wanted to touch on, Josh, because you played in New York, and it's been, and they asked me about it uh, 
was it yesterday or a couple of days on the radio here in Toronto? What do you have on Owen's uh, tweets? Um, I'm sure, Bethel, you know, we were yeah. talking about that and an owner tweeting about how the hitters have been pretty, pretty much pretty terrible. Like, and 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 I like how they they're trying to downplay it. Like, like even Lindor came out and said, like, hey, yeah, we deserve to be criticized. We haven't been good. But how much do you think that? Like, if you were in that clubhouse, are you saying, obviously, he's the guy that pays you, but are you kind of like, what the hell is this guy talking about? Like, what, 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 I'm sure you heard and you read what he said, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I'll read what he says. It says, it's hard to understand how professional hitters can be this unproductive. The best teams have more discipline approach for plugging in OPS numbers go live, right? Like, so I saw it, and my initial take was, like, Player play, coaches coach, owners own the team. I think what he was trying to do, I think the message was was like slap in the face, it's time to wake up a little bit. Right? Like this is yeah. borderline like Jerry this is like Jerry Jones. This is like George Steinbrenner. And I tell you, I, I'm not against this. And I I'll tell you why, because um the the trainer for the Yankees, uh, Gene Monahan and Stevie Donahue were always around in spring training. And Steve's still there with the Yankees. And I, when I wasn't playing, I was sitting on the bench and I would ask Steve about like, hey, how, how was the boss, right? And this is how the boss was. Like, obviously he didn't have Twitter. He just walked up to the guys right to the face and pretty much, <laughs> hey, you're first, but fix it, clean it up, or somebody's gonna pay for it. I. I actually like it. I think I don't know if it. I don't know, like from a mental standpoint, if it like sparks sparks the players. Like, I just kind of like water under the bridge. If I'm on the team, to me, like you you listen to it, take it in. You're not going to change anything. Like yeah. hitting in the leagues is freaking hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was my point. The, the, the way I answered it was like, the pitchers are trying too. It's not like yeah. the pitchers are going out there and saying, oh, well, it's the New York Mets. We're just going to let them hit. It, the, the pitchers are out there. They're facing legit pitching, you know, every night out. And, yes, I get it. The expectations on that team were super high and are still in it and, and still are. And I'm sure he's feeling a little bit of the of the heat because he put he, he put this team together with thinking that this was a winning team. And he, he brings bias from Chicago Cubs and all that stuff. But. At the same time, it, 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 I, I get it. I get it. I get what you're saying, but I'm just like, man, like, how about we give a little credit to the pitchers? The pitchers yeah. are always <laughs> forgotten ones in this, and, and it's, you know, I, I feel like it's it's the same with uh, what's going on here with Vladdy right now. Everyone's like, what's wrong with Vladdy? What's wrong with Vladdy? It, it, you know, is he is he wearing off? Did it wear off? And I'm like, well, we're three quarters into the season. He's pretty. He pretty much carried this team for a lot of the season. And there's a time where 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 pitchers and you know Josh at this point you know what this guy can do. And 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 the scouting reports are like we're not going to let this guy beat us. And we're going to pitch around him. And we're going to let him expand the zone. And we're going to try and, and 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 pitch him better. And I feel like that's what's happened. Pitchers are just pitching him better. And 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 he's in a little bit of a funk. It happens. Like I still hitting over 300. So that's that's. Damn good enough to be at this point still hitting over 300. Has he is he producing like he was in the first half? No, but again, pitchers are making adjustments, and I think that's what that's where where I I feel like a lot of this thing gets lost. It's it's just yeah. like we forget that 
there's the, the scouting report is there's more video there's more you know what was he doing early in the season oh he was doing this and and okay we're gonna stay away from that spot or we're gonna make him expand whatever it is well i and i'll, I'll say this to the vladdy stuff before i circle back i think when when springer is out of that lineup yeah like, listen bo's a great player they they're, they're a very talented bunch they're inexperienced when yeah. especially now like this is when the experience kind of prevails and steps up more, yeah. more than more than the young kids. And yeah, they're still young. Like they're still learning, learning the ropes, learning what it is to play 162. And I, I do believe like last year was a 60 game season. Of course, mm-hmm. like they make the playoffs are a good, fun, young team. They, yeah. they, they sneak into the playoffs, but like the expectations, if you thought, if, if you truly felt that they were going to win that division, playing 162 games, I would have called you crazy. Yeah. But I think if you take Springer out of that lineup, it it's a sigh of relief for the pitchers and game calling and all of that. So yeah. I'm sure Vladdy's getting pitched a heck of a lot tougher than he was early on, as you alluded to, Ricky, the freaking scatter reports. The guy's got four or 500 at-bats at this point or 400 at-bats, like, the, 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 all the, I guess all the numbers are kind of like in line and they know where the strengths and weaknesses are and they just exploit them and pitchers are good. Especially pitchers. this, this day and age where every single arm he's going to face is fresh arm coming out of the pen, ready to throw darts right at him. And, uh, and, and I, think, and, and I think the other thing is, and, and, and I, I get it. Everyone's fatigued, everyone, but the amount of swings that you guys take, I, I it's it's crazy, Josh, and you know, being a hitter, like you guys are taking BP every day, uh, on top of you know swings in the cage, on top of um, you know hitting off the tee, all that stuff, and I feel like eventually, to certain guys, it, it probably catches up. Yeah, let me let me draw a light to that. Let me draw a light to that. So that's exactly right, Ricky. So imagine coming into spring training February tenth, let's call it right. You hit in the cage in the morning. You hit batting practice, and then most of the time in spring training, everybody's panicked, and they hit afterwards, especially yeah. before games start. You do that all of spring training, every day in spring training. You then get to the season. You get to the field at 1 o'clock. You go do your flips in the cage. You then go hit cur- the curveball machine or the fastball machine on the field before you even hit batting practice. That's called early batting practice. And then you hit batting practice, and then you play in the game. And I understand, like, you don't hit the breaking balls on the machine every day off on the field. But there is – and there's some older players that I've spoke with about this, and they say the same thing. They say, y'all get to the field way too early, and you do too much. Like, you do too much. And I think there's something to be said. Do now, we are, where are we? August 24th. August 24th, like, these guys might have taken a million swings since February 10th. And mind yeah. you, they've been – hitting all winner yeah they do too much and that's the other day uh when i went to the dodger game last week they had just flown in from new york and night game they flew in they didn't take bp and i, I texted a couple people i know that not taking bp is one of the best days ever because it's like you still do your work in the in the cage but it's not having to go out there and do that it just you just those two hours are it just feels like a day off is that true yeah, let me. I 
I, I have a different perspective of it being a position player. And I, I felt this more in the Pacific Coast League when I was out west playing in AAA. I always liked, so for example, we don't fly in. You fly in in the morning of the day of the game, right? For real? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. I didn't, I didn't know this. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. So in the in AAA, you fly in that morning and then play that night? Yeah. Right. Oh, fuck that. So, but same thing in the major leagues. Same thing in the major leagues. If you had an overnight flight, you, you get in late. Yeah. I always like to do batting practice that day and then have the second day as a show and go. Right? Like, I almost needed it to, to move, like, to move around. And that I was I, I was a big fan of that. Lou Marson was my manager in Salt Lake City, and we talked about that, and we did it. And the guys responded well to that more than just you, you feel sluggish when you when you either a get in in the morning or get in late at night. You feel sluggish the next day, but the following day you're real. That's when it hits you. Right? Really, really, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that. I always was mad because I was like, "Fuck, we gotta shag the day we land." <laughs> Damn it, triple A. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and and you hear a lot of. All, I, I'm sure all the guys that were bitching were pitchers. Everybody. <laughs> Everybody. Yeah. Hey, you know what's funny? Hey, what what's great to that point is the hitters. It's always optional BP on that on and that hitting. And yeah, most mostly everybody hits, but then the pitchers are like, "God damn, we gotta go out and shag! What the hell? This is bullshit!" They don't pick the option; they just have to go shag. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, everybody! Everybody has to shag. Uh, the pitchers are the triple A. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, let's start. You're starting that day. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's circle yeah. back to the, <clears throat> the Mets owner because I want to get this perspective because I hear what you're saying totally. And again, this is a. Uh, we're not doing sports talk radio here, but I just want to hear the perspective of how you guys think about it. So this was Steve Cohen, the Mets uh, owner, who was a billionaire. The tweet was, and showed it's hard to understand how professional hitters can be this productive, right? But this guy is also one who comes in and says, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Kind of like Jerry Jones, and you mentioned it, George Steinbrenner. If Steinbrenner would have had Twitter, he would have been all over everybody else, right? But then our, our intern, Graham, who is watching right now, uh, sent this tweet that the week before... Yeah, Graham is back. The Oregon Duck. We'll, we'll talk to him later on. We'll check in with Graham because he's uh, he's been a little elusive too, man. Uh, but he also sent this tweet. I just visited the players in the clubhouse. They're ready and in a good frame of mind for this game. That was the week before. All right. So I didn't. I don't follow him. I don't pay attention. I don't. I don't really pay attention to anything New York Mets related. Um, but when you have an owner like this who is tweeting up and trying to be the famous guy, do. Okay, I have a couple questions because I was around when the McCourts were there. So the players just kind of rolled their eyes at Frank McCord and his wife and all the antics, right? Do the players even care about an owner? Um, I, it just depends. Like a guy that's this visible, I yeah, I mean, I guess you do. I, I, I come from the school, though, and this is, this is where I, I draw the line. And this could be halfway controversial because he is the owner of the team. But I will say this, that room is for those 25 guys. Like, okay. you don't let, let the players police themselves, right? They call that micromanaging. What he's doing is yeah. micromanaging. Don't micromanage. Let the players be the players. The players, you think they want to go out and be horseshit? <laughs> That's what I always say. 
That's what I always say. I'm like, you you really think players want to go out there and struggle? Yeah, like you know what? And and, and to his 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 last tweet of that of you know how does this happen? Well, the the point being is like guys are going to go through slumps. Unfortunately, everybody's going through it at the same time. But I I do believe, and, and Major League Baseball is, is can be at fault for this, um, as as well as the Players Association. They take they're taking. The, the piece of the players being able to police themselves and with clubhouse dues and team meetings, like some of the best meetings I've ever been in when guys get together and sit around the room and figure out how the hell do we do this? What's going on? Why are we yeah. struggling? And they have plenty of leaders on that team. Freaking KP, uh, Pilar, McCann, Lindor, now Baez. Pete Alonzo, the list goes on. They they have the leadership there. Yeah. I and just look I, at it. <clears throat> they've taken it amongst themselves, but I, I do. I, I think that's where he steps out of line is being in the room personally. That's no. that's my take. My 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 perception of that is that tweet is aimed at the guys in, on the seventh line, the ones who are buying the shirts, the ones that are sitting up near the foul pole. He's that tweet is aimed at the cheap seats. It's to get the guy, Vinny from Long Island, who's like, hey, yo, Mets this, this, and that. Yeah, it's like, you see, I, because the same thing, that guy, Joe Lunchpack, uh, Lunchbox is saying, I'm going to do this. Yeah, the owner thinks like me. He's trying to win the favor with the fan. I, I, that's what it just feels like, where it's like, um, hey, guy, the day you visited the clubhouse, like Graham showed us, uh, that day, they lost. You know, like, oh, the guy's in a great mood. They lost. So now he's going to be like, oh, they're not in a great mood. Like, it's just, it just reeks of reaching out to people because remember he came in and said i'm gonna clean up what the mets had before we're gonna do this we're gonna do that and it's like dude because billionaires don't know how to stay in their lane because nobody ever tells them no yeah right and that they, yeah it is it becomes micromanaging like let me tell you ricky answer this question for me how many times i don't care what happened the day before how many times have you had a teammate show up to the ballpark the next day and didn't want to talk to anybody or was grumpy like that, that never happened guys. Every day were professional baseball players. Every day was a new day. You could go, you could be go over four, but you could also go four for four that day. So you started fresh. You didn't care. Well, you did care what kind of slump you were in, but, but it didn't change who it doesn't change most guys who they are as people when they step into that room personally. Yeah, it's true. It's true, and 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 the thing is that, yeah, one tweet like that is not really gonna get a club and say like, let's go, we can go, <laughs> and they're gonna be like banging their heads in their lockers, you know, like, baseball's not like that, you know, it's such a grind of a sport for 162 games, and Josh, you understand when when it gets to these months, you know, the August, the September, it's it, it fatigue does 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 play a role in it, and. And honestly, I think the, the, the strong minds is what survives. Those are the winning teams usually, the guys who, who are just like you're mentally drained, but you know that you got to keep pushing. And, and you're seeing it right now with certain teams that they're, they're almost like hitting their stride. We were waiting. Everyone was waiting for the Yankees to hit their stride. And it's almost like right now they started picking it up. It's like they were dragging ass all year. And then all of a sudden they're, they, they're 10 wins, I think, a, a 10 straight wins. The Dodgers, um, you know, were kind of like, they're not like they were like struggling or anything, but they were not what people like. People expected the Dodgers to run away with the NL West, 
And and now they're finally hitting their stride and, and they're, they're getting it going again. And I think the, the, the good teams are – that's what they do. It's like they – not that they want to half-ass it or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. But it's like at the right time, they just start kind of picking it up, picking it up. And obviously, they had a Max Scherzer and a Trey Turner. It just completely put that team around too. So, <clears throat> so you're telling me it's not like in Major League where everybody rallies against the owner and said, we're going to do this, guys? That, that doesn't happen? <laughs> Uh, this might be happening in the Mets clubhouse. <laughs> and, then, and then for everybody to come out, okay, let me tell you this, as a reporter, when everybody on the team and all the players say everything's fine and everybody has the same talking points, holy fuck, you know it's a mess. Like when everybody is like yeah. on the same play, oh, no, we're good. We're here for the team. Yeah, right. Bullshit. Yeah. But, but then the last thing you want to do is say, say, say like, you know what? Like I took offense to that because in New York, oh. it would be every single newspaper. No, you can't like, do that. Let's that's say, a story uh, for a month. Yeah. 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 Like, let's say one of their big, like, let's say Lindor was like, hey, man, like, I don't know what Cohen is doing. Like, if he just came out and blew up Cohen, then I feel, <laughs> but what is Lindor going to say? I mean, the guy just got, what, 300 million from him. So he's going to, he's going to agree with him. Yeah. Lindor probably has well, no he, clue who Cohen is. Well, he doesn't, the thing about it is, the thing about it is, he doesn't have to agree to agree with him. Because he has, he's owed three hundred million. Guaranteed. Like, those are the guys. Those are the guys that need to. And and maybe they did it internally amongst themselves. Maybe they closed the door and Lindor stood up and spoke and said, "Listen, this is our team. This is about us. It's not about him." And maybe hmm. he did that. We, we don't know that, and nor yeah, should we know that. It's none of our business. But yeah. you I, don't have to say it to the media. I love the token lines to the media, like. Oh, yeah. You know, Great. hey, we're keeping our heads up. We're trying to put good at bats together. Uh, hey, we're pounding the zone. You're like, oh, uncle. <laughs> That's why because you can do that in you 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 could do that in Tampa Bay. Nobody would care. Yeah. Nobody. nobody would yeah. care. They wouldn't even know what happened. It's well, a shame. I mean, that team's running away with the with uh, with the ALEs, and they're what getting like five thousand <laughs> a game. It's Wait, crazy. Yeah. Tampa's in first. Yeah, killing it. Really, best Killing, thing, right? best thing baseball. And, uh, yeah. Ian Snell on the way out was like ripping him for the way they treated him, right? When he went to the Blake project. Snell, Blake oh, Blake Snell, Blake Snell. When he, he was like ripping him, and was like, yeah. Anyways, whatever. Like <laughs> nobody pay attention. I didn't even know Tampa's the first. That team just seems. I mean, ever since I, I mean, I remember when I was in 2009 and before that when they went to the World Series, um, in 2008 or yeah, 2008 I think. And it's just that team just. They, they they get rid of guys and if you're, you're sitting there scratching your head and you're wondering why they get got rid of that guy and then they just bring in another guy to replace him and he's just as good if not better. <laughs> yeah, and then the guy that was so good that went somewhere else that they let go is yeah. now horseshit. You're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's crazy. And you, yeah. you, I mean, you read that that payroll too. It's it that team payroll. It's nowhere near what any other team has. Their payroll is Lindor's per diem. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's uh, a right, per day, right? Hey, poppy, poppy. Now, uh, Tolly, let me ask you this. You played in New York. You used to have Twitter. So you got rid of it because the fans are crazy. Am I onto something where Cohen and those fans are really like, hell yeah? Like, they're really. Oh, they, they rally right around him. When, when he bought the team, he, he stood up in front of the cameras and said, this is about the fan base. We're going to listen to the fans. Like, if you, if you go back and watch some of his early interviews, it was all about the fans. So that's all he's doing is he's trying to fire the – he's trying to kind of rally the rally the fan troop. Uh, sounds like a president. Um, anyways. <laughs> uh, 
All right, so, uh, Ricky, uh, I know you guys are busy, got things to do, but our boy, I'm going to show you a mug right now, Tolly, and you're really going to love this. All right? Here it is. Believe. It's from <laughs> Tolly. Tolly is about to start Ted Lasso today, Ricky. He and the beautiful wife, Catherine, are about to start Ted Lasso. He has no idea what it's about. So. Bro. That's you're, a good show. You're going to love it. It's uh, Ted Lasso is a corny uh, coach from Wichita State, which, by the way, the Shockers don't have a football team. He goes to England to take over a premier team because the owner says, I want to lose. So it's kind of like what we're talking about with Cohen. I'm like, oh, okay, everybody rallies around. All of a sudden, he turns things around. Ted Lasso is there with his uh, Midwestern values, just like you, Tolly, a Midwestern guy, golly gee, shucks, all that other good stuff. And he puts up. Oh, I have a terrible mouth. <laughs> But he puts up this believe sign in the locker with just that, that little blue right there. That's just tape. He just gives like painter's tape and he puts it on top of the sign. And so Ted Lasso, so believe. You're going to love it. Ricky, right? He's going to love Ted Lasso? Yeah, man. I, I, one of the guys in our group chat had already seen it, Marco. And then I started watching it with Cara, my wife, because Cara was like, hey, I heard this show's really good. So then I came back one day and I was like, to the group chat, I was like, you guys have to watch Ted Lasso. And everyone's like, what the fuck is that? And Beto got in it, and he's hooked. And now everyone in our group chat is like completely hooked. They just have these funny ass characters, man. You're just, you gotta watch it. It's good. It, and and he does have some good, great quotes in there yeah. too about life. And you kind of, it's kind of cool. Yeah. It's, it's really good. Be a goldfish. Be a goldfish. I'm on it tonight. I'm on it tonight. <laughs> so, uh, it's on Apple TV. If you want to binge on something with yeah. Catherine, do that one. Just, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Hey, can you send me your Apple TV account though? Mine yeah. doesn't work. Yeah, it's uh, Graham Metzger at Oregon.edu. <laughs> and let's bring him in right now. Uh, there, there he is. is. Our intern, Graham Metzger, just woke up. Uh, Graham, how's the show going? Let's check in with you. It's going great. I'm I'm really enjoying today's episode. Beto, I really like how you said, you know, it's not just like sports talk radio. You know, I like how we can mix in the sports talk with, you know, tractor talk. <laughs> hey Graham, what you been up to, man? These last last few weeks that we haven't had a show. Um, I've been working at the OC Fair, actually. Um, yeah. you're a car you're a carny. <laughs> He's a carny. I love that. He's selling those no, little I'm just a ticket boy. I'm just a ticket boy. <laughs> He's yeah, a guy right this way. You yeah. know. Well, he had connections to the OC Fair, and he didn't even let us know. About I, I didn't. I, I wanted to go take the kids, but it's kind of hard to get tickets. But uh, it's cool, Graham. Um, the reason Graham is here today because his father, Gary, who is a professor at Columbia State, sent me a text. Hey, uh, thanks for everything you've done for Graham this summer, but can you please get him something else to do? He's sitting around the house twiddling his thumbs. So I'm like, wait. <laughs> I'm over here thinking Graham is working hard, you know, making some promos. Nothing. He's just being a, a bum-ass kid. <laughs> wow, Graham, you're going to take it like wow, this. Huh? I was not ready to get put on blast. Wow. <laughs> what you been, Graham, what have you been doing? I mean, really, like, my job just ended. Like, the OC Fair just ended. I don't know why my dad is talking all that crazy stuff, but... <laughs> All right, Graham. That's all right, Graham. It's okay. All right, so Graham, you're going to be a junior at University of Oregon. Yes, right. sir. <clears throat> and when do you leave? Uh, two weeks from now. All right, so in two weeks, Graham is going to be all right. So Graham, we're, all right. now when the fall semester starts, are you still going to be able to help us out? 
it might be tough my first quarter. I think I'll probably have classes right around this time. Okay, well, you can still watch the uh, podcast later and then do the, the video. Uh... Oh, you know it. You know it. All right, so we're going to keep Grandma on. All right. So, Grandma. Why don't, why don't you just – you guys should have to watch this for your class first off. Hey. <laughs> hey I learned way more here, honestly. I really do that. Do. If you do that, man, you you'd get major major points. Yeah. If you if you just put us on the projector in, in for an hour and just let it just go off and you just say, hey, look, this is what this is what I've been doing this this summer. I've been interning here, and you guys got to listen to these guys talk. <laughs> we call it the Three Ring Circus. Yeah, <laughs> Graham, is it the Phil Knight School of Journalism there? It's not the Phil Knight. It's like the Eric Allen School of Journalism. I okay. Think, something like that. But everything else is Phil Knight. Every single thing else. The dorms, the bathrooms, the everything. All right. All right. All right, Greg. All right. We'll check back with you in a little bit. Uh, see how the, the end of the show goes. Good kid. Good kid. He's going to be working with me Friday. I'm doing a high school game, so he's going to be there with me. All right. So now, <clears throat> as we wrap up, Ricardo. What the hell is going on in, in, in Canada? You Sports Center or Sports Century? Uh, no, sports net. sports net. Yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't fuck with sports entry. I, I, it's a Graham, delete that, Graham. Delete that. Delete that. All right, so let's start over. Ricardo, <laughs> Ricky, you've been doing TV sports net in Canada. You've been wearing makeup on TV. Yeah, dude. Can you believe that? <laughs> no, yeah, it's been fun. I mean, they, since I was in town, they asked me if I'd come do a couple shows, and obviously, being in TV is a lot different. You know, Beto, it. it you, you know what I what, what I feel like that when they give you the countdown in your ear and you're like five, four, three, two, dude, my heart starts beating so fast. It's crazy the, the adrenaline rush that I get just because you start realizing like what starts going through my head is like oh my god, all of Canada is about to tune in right now, and not that all Canada tunes in, but the, you know Sportsnet Blue Jays are televised all across Canada, so I'm always like. Damn, like this is crazy. Like it, it's it's being done through the whole country. And yeah, and then and then after that it's just talk baseball and obviously having somebody in your ear uh, you know, telling you to wrap up your thoughts and stuff like that. It, it's it's been an adjustment. It was an adjustment. I've I did three shows. The first one was pretty cool because it was I was kind of the guest. The the next the second one and third one were uh I was the main guy next to Jamie Campbell because Joey Joe Siddle took a took a bit of a vacation there, and that was a bit different. I, I'm not gonna lie, I struggled the second show, but the third one I got better. And it, 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 I feel like it's a game of adjustment, you know, within the, the game of TV. And um, you know, I was just a little bit nervous, and I got stuck a few times. Maybe it's only things that I noticed because everyone was like, "What are you talking about?" And um, yeah, but it was cool. It's been it's been cool. It's it's a whole different thing. Getting getting to prep for a show. It's like it's like a game. Yeah. You get there two three hours before you go on TV and you have a meeting about what you're gonna talk about and um, and then after that you go down do makeup. They take the shine off the top of my head and and it's just. Totally. <laughs> <it's, it's laughs> yeah. Have you done TV? No. You haven't done. T- no, you've done radio. I got a face for radio. No, 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 no. You, but you got the animation for TV. You're going to be going on. I'm telling you, doing this podcast actually helps for you guys with broadcasting aspiration because you have to look in the camera. You're looking what's going on. You're talking and making succinct points. Like here, we can tell a story. Rick, it's like, okay, you got 30 seconds to give me a breakdown. Bam. Like, what the, what the Like, how am I going to break yeah. down a dude in 30 seconds? And then, and then, 
and then when Sportsnet during the game they, they come out, they come in with a fourth inning update and an eighth inning up, update. So you're hoping in that first four innings you find something to talk about, and then all of a sudden the the host Jamie Campbell will turn to you and be like, "Hey, uh, what do you want to talk about?" And you got thirty seconds to do it. So quick, like, okay, cool. So then yeah, you but 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 and as Beto, you've told me thirty seconds is a, a long time. I just for me, you, you just say, just seeing your reaction, Josh, you think 30 seconds, you're like, oh, shit, how am I going to get my point across? What I found myself doing is trying to do everything in 10 seconds and trying to get in and get out. Whereas, like, no, you still got 20 seconds. Like, yeah. like take your time. Like, th- you're going to get to 30 seconds. You have more time than you think you do. And I, yeah. I, I did not, you know. Yeah. So it, it's different. It's right, though, right, Rick? You, you can pitch in front of 50,000, Yankee Stadium, Fenway, but sitting on a set with only two other people and then but the cameras and everybody looking at you and then all of a sudden you get that little i still get it i've been doing this a lot a lot of years and it's like the five four three and then all of a sudden we're live and you're like and you're the one supposed to be talking because i'm the main host it's like and you still get that little like like yeah it's a a cool feeling you know what i have a i have a new and i told them i was like i have a new appreciation for this the prep Thank you, know, you, thank you, even, thank you, thank not you. Even, not, not even the main the main guys sitting at the table, but even the the, the producers, oh, yeah. the camera guys, the you know making sure that they you're looking at the right camera, all that stuff. Like just the amount of work that goes into, and these guys are on TV every single day. It's crazy, man. You got to run out of stuff that to to uh, to say, but at the same time, game of baseball, you always see something new. I feel like every day, yeah. so it gives you a point. But like. You guys that sit there and make it look easy, it, 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 it's like, I'm like, man, I'm blown away because it's not, it's, I mean, obviously with time and with yeah. practice, it's easier, but it's, it, it's fun and it's been a cool little learning experience. And then I got to do another show with Tim and Friends, and that one is more of an hour. And I, and I told Tim, I was like, um, this, this feels more of a, a, a podcast type. And he was like, dude, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. And that's more just, I felt like that one, I felt like I was talking to you guys because we're, yeah. I'm just talking to him. You have a mic in front of you and there's a screen or a camera, but they're like, don't even worry about the camera. Talk to Tim the whole time. And I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, totally. We got to get you some TV reps, totally. Well, I don't know. I like the radio stuff. The thing is, you know what I like about it though? You have like, a face for the radio, Josh. That's that's that's, I, that's for sure. I, that's the truth. You know, I the thing about it is, is this. It feels more like it. I, I don't feel like I'm talking. That, that's why I have a problem. And I bet if you go back and watch all of our film, you do not. You I never. You never look. I do a very poor job of looking into the camera. You don't have right? to. Right. You don't have to. No, no, I know, and that's why I like to sit here and talk with my hands and look around when I talk and yeah. all of that. that. That's why I enjoy the radio more than anything. Yeah, and you've been yeah. doing some radio recently, right? Yeah, I've done a few little hits there with um, Scotty Mack and Ziggy, and I was on with I know, I, I, I thought you were all right. I was hoping I'd catch you yesterday because I was driving, and they're like, and our next guest, Josh Tolley, stay tuned. But I had to get out of the car, and I was like, damn it, I missed it. But I, I saw yeah, that you were I, on. Yeah, hey, Ricky, you know what's interesting? I was telling Beto before you got on today was we've t- we've taken a month off from doing this, right? Yeah. Right after right after we stopped doing it, I had a couple hits on the radio, and then I didn't have any, and I had one just the other day. And the other day, I felt so out of tune, so out of, like, so out of rhythm. 
just because like even doing it every Tuesday, I could hop on the radio at any point in time and I I feel more confident. Yeah. But having not done anything for a few weeks, I, I was kind of lost. Come on, yeah. totally. You're used to every five days. Let's go, bro. It's true, what said. it's true what Beto says. Doing this definitely has helped me a lot. And and even like when I get on the radio, it's like cake. Like it's like they ask me a question, boom, I'm ready with the answer and 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 this this has a lot to do with it. If I didn't do this, I'd be like, because, uh, yeah. you know, we've and Beto's come over to the house and he's helped me with, hey, stay away from this word, stay away from this word, and, and don't use these catchy phrases that everyone uses. It's TV, get in, get out, but make your point loud and clear. And stuff like that, obviously, even in the radio, you try you try to stay away from the you knows and uh-huh and, and stuff and stuff like that. So it's the radio, yeah, I can see how the radio can be a lot easier, obviously. It's it's all a lot of fun. At the end of the day, just be yourself, have fun, and then don't be that cheesy guy trying too hard on TV because those guys never last. They're cool for like a year or two on a season, and then all of a sudden you're like, ah, that act got old. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially, like I was telling Ricky, like, with radio, it's like, because sports talk radio, it's to get people, uh, they complain about everything. Just remind them, like, hey, you have three hours to suck on the radio. Baseball players yeah. have one at bat to suck, so it's all it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and one other thing I always told myself, and, and I'm sure Josh would probably be the same. You don't want to be that guy that that acts like the game's easy, and 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 paints this picture that they, like when a guy's struggling, it's because he sucks. No, you want to take the, the the fans into the mind of what's going on with the player and and stuff like that. For me, that's that's the goal that I have. Like, why, well, why is why is you know. For example, let's use Ryu. Why is Ryu struggling? Oh, well, maybe he's leaving, you know, he's not getting to that inner half like he once was, and that changeup is staying up in the zone. Why? Because maybe, you know, whatever, you break him down. That's 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 what I like. Not, oh, yeah, like he's he's ran out of gas. Like, that's the easy thing to say. Yeah, no shit. Everybody knows you ran out of gas. You don't have to be a rocket. I, I tell you, when I did the nine games on the road to win the color, that was a talking point for me was like, hey, almost be a little more critical, right? Like Randall Gritchick was struggling at the time. And I said, I, I, dude, I've been there. I know how the guy feels. I'll tell you how he feels, but I'm not going to say that he's horseshit. Hell, I'd roll him him out and I'd hit him second. You guys keep moving him down in the lineup, I'd hit him second. Like, you can't. You can hard, man. And, yeah. and these guys that blast the players, I, I have no time. I'll turn it right off. And, and I think what people appreciate is when you go into that insight and, and I get messages where it's like, dude, I, I love the insight. You know, I love when you take us into the mind of 60 feet, six inches. I love when you take us into the mind of what's going on in a three, two count. That, that to me means more than saying, oh, well, he left that ball, you know, down the middle and and that's what happens you know obviously that's what happens <laughs> it's you know maybe he didn't finish you show you break it down you're like oh yeah it looked like he just didn't finish that change up or whatever you know just just dissect it a little bit more because we've been there we know what it's like we know what it's like to be successful we know what it's like to be uh to struggle and and to go into us and into a slump you know from the pitching side from the hitting side we know all that and and to sit there and be critical and then i always tell the guys because uh the, the tv guys are like is this on like do, do guys watch this i was like this i was like this show is fucking on on every tv, every and, TV. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, 
guys walk are walking from room to room and they sit there and if they hear their name or they hear something they stare they sit there and stare and they're like oh fuck that guy <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it's the best the best the backup catcher's coming the backup catcher's playing today and he's old for his last 11. like i should be the talking point that was always i i used to get on great john in my mind about that the guy would still ask me i'm like guy if y'all if this team is waiting for me to go we got problems <laughs> You, but you know, like for me, they 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 they're like, hey, if you want to be a little bit, um, if you want to, um, like I was mad uh, in Seattle when they took took Ryu out after 89 pitches, and I and I said, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on air and I'm gonna say, like, not I'm not blasting the coach, but I would say, like, hey, I want to see my horse go 115 pitches. He was looking good. Yeah, he ran into a little bit of trouble, but let's let him work out. Like let's let's stop the whole like third time through the lineup thing. If if, if he's been he's been dealing with that, so hey, I mean, that's no sorry. Hey guys, that's Ricky's little like little jab to the front offices, saying like, <laughs> hey, let's go, let the freaking horse go. That's his way instead of just. But I'm not I'm not being I'm not being I'm not calling anybody out and 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 no. And I said you know Charlie probably has his 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 thing behind it and you. You respected you. I mean, he's manager. And you're there for your opinion. You just say, if I, I, I don't know anything, but damn it, I want to see this guy go. Oh, you play in the yeah. big leagues. You know a lot of shit. I'll tell you that. That's the other thing. I'm tired of. I'm tired of it. You know. Yeah, you know, Ricky. I know. We all know. We know. We've oh, seen it. I had this conversation. I'm telling you, Tolly would be. Tolly would be the guy that guys would be looking at this screen and be like, oh. Fuck you, Josh. <laughs> but then I guarantee you, Josh would be the guy that would that would not be scared to be down on the field talking to those guys no. and shooting the shit. Now, at the end because of the day, like, you know what? I'm, 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 he he would be the first guy to go and say, "Hey, man, I, I didn't say it, but though, like, don't take it personal, you know." And no. he'd be that guy. I feel like yeah. when, when you have respect, when guys don't show their faces in the clubhouse and they're the ones talking the yeah. most shit. Oh, the worst. The worst. Like. Now, Ricky, let me ask you something, and Beto, help help out here too. I'm because I'm interested to know when you guys do the TV, and they say so. Use the Randall Gritchick thing for example, right? Do do your producers in the morning meetings or whenever you do the meeting say, Ricky, here's effectively what you have to say. Put it in your own words, but you we want you to you have it has to be said. No, they haven't done that with me. And it, you know, for me, I feel like they've given me the reins of like, say, like, hey, what, what, what do you want your talking points to be? And I say, okay, this is what I want to talk about. This is what I want to talk about. This is what I want to talk about. I even sometimes text Beto and be like, what do you got on this? Or like, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna say this. And then he's like, good, good, good. Boom, hit these things. Hit these things. Hit these things. And I'm like, I feel like Beto's my coach through it all. Seriously, like, it, it, it's it's helped me a lot because it, it he's done it for fucking. I don't know how many years, you know, so the guy knows what he's talking about and it, and it's been very helpful. But nobody has ever said that hey, this this point has to be made. I, I think there's there's guys, uh, you know, Joe Siddle is there I think maybe for that. But even him, like I love his analysis and when he yeah. brings something up, you're just like, damn, like he one, he's super sharp and he delivers his point without being more like taking the fan into the mind of the yeah, his expertise is catching and and I know he was, you know, not happy with uh, the way they lost the other day where Kirk was on down on one knee with, with two outs and pass ball in the eighth inning, pass ball 
with two strikes and it goes under his leg, they, the tying run comes in and Robbie Ray's uh, spoiled. He could have gone in runs instead is he didn't get one run. And he was critical, but he broke it down so good, man. And I was like, that is fucking good. That's dope. That's what I'm talking about. You broke it down. You under, you're saying like, okay, you want to catch down on one? It's fine. Zero, uh, nobody on, whatever, do it. But runner on third base, you got to be a motherfucking goal. You know, and you got to make sure that run doesn't come across. Yeah, but I would combat that. And, I, and I'm and i only going to say this because I've, I've done both. I've been through kind of both ways. Like, there's every guy is their own kind of entity. Like, what's the converse, What's the conversation if if he's in a conventional stance and the ball goes under his legs too? We're just like, well, you got to get down quicker? Or why, why does it shed light on it just because he's on one knee? To be quite frank, all he has to do is put his other knee down. Like, theoretically, it should be easier, right? He's halfway to the ground. It's, like, um... he missed the ball because he was on one knee or like, like that, I think that's the debate, right? Like we could talk yeah, about that's, that. Yeah, that seems to be the debate. But, and I think it's not even because it's his style. It'd be different if it was his style, Josh. But I think it's the new age style. Yeah. And I think that's where a guy, like I feel like old school guys are like, hey, man, like a conventional stance will get you in a better position. You, I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You, you know what you're talking about. But there's, they're saying the conventional stand will get you in a better position to be able to block that ball. I mean, he had no chance on that ball. It's also yeah, and that's the that's the situation right there, totally. Where back to your original question of like, do they tell you what to say? They don't tell you what to say, producers wise, but they'll show you tape that they want to use, and it's up to you as yeah. the host to say, yeah, that's cool. They can show you the tape, but at the end of the day, you're the one who's going to say whatever you want. So Siddle, that's that's hopefully I'm saying his name yeah. right. Yeah, Joe Siddle. So and a guy like Ricky or a guy like you, when you're up there. The only thing that matters is your opinion. And it's always your, you're the expert, you're the opinion. So whatever it is you're going to say, say with conviction. And the producer might angle the tape one way, but you can always say whatever you want to say. Yeah. And, and it's not like the producers are saying. Well, this is why I think you'd be great for TV, Josh. I mean, yeah. you, you really would. I mean, the, the, the fact that you have this expertise and yeah. you would be able to defend both sides would make it an, an even more interesting topic, you know, yeah. rather than you're swaying one way and it's only one way because like you're saying, maybe on one, you teach the guy that if you're on one knee, you, you know, you can still move just as good as if you were in a conventional stance. Well, I, and, and it goes on because there's so many more intricate parts, yeah. right? Like the guy throws a three, two pit and he's out of a conventional stance and he jams his left knee into the ground and the umpire balls it like there's versus being on the knee, like making a clean catch, whatever. Yeah. There's so many. There's so many different avenues. I mean, yeah, we, yeah. We, have, yeah. we do not have enough time. Yeah, to, and then also, yeah, with, although we should, I, I, yeah. I would love to, I would love to go through that process one day. I, yeah. I think it would be interesting. Process. And also with, with TV, it's um, you're talking, but you're don't want to come off as the guy back in my day guy because then look, everybody hate hated Tim McCarver, right? Because when I in my day I did this, and all of a sudden. Now he's not doing it. Oh man, Tim McCarver was so good and he was refreshing and so honest. So it's it, TV is a different animal of like you want to be honest, but no matter what, somebody's gonna get mad because you're oh wait, why are you talking about it? Like the other day I said, like I got asked on, on CBS, like, oh USC is the favorite of the Pac 12. And I was like, they should be. They better win. If they don't, then they're not they're not good. Fucking tweets from people. Oh, you're hating on there. I'm like, oh God. Like, I'm not like just be honest and whatever it is you you're saying. 
you believe it, and that's it. Like, are there guys on TV yeah. who are just team kiss-ups? Without a doubt. That's the reason the front office put, the front office is the one who selects who's on the broadcast teams. Like, that's where it comes from. It's not like the TV networks. The front office is going to say, yeah, we want this person because they're going to talk up our organization all the time. It's yeah. like... But, like I said, like like Joe, pro's pro, man. Yeah, like he, perfect. He... He put he, his points are really loud and clear, and 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 he comes off as a guy. I mean, obviously he knows what he's talking about, but it, I love listening to it to, to his insight. He broke down Blatty the other day, and I was like, man, this is great. Like, yeah. so you can you like me that I'm that I'm learning how to do this. I can learn from that. Yeah. No, he's yeah. not a guy that often says like, well, like you said, back in my day or back in this day. No, he he lets you. He gets to the point and says, okay, this is what I want to get across. And this is how I'm going to get it across without coming off as a cocky asshole, you know? Like, yeah. it's, there's a lot of those too. There's a lot of those. It's always the guys who are like, I hate the media. I hate the media. Hey, I'm retired. Can I be on the media? Sure, no problem. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> That's so true. <laughs> All right, Graham, are you still there? All right, young kid. Good, good, good episode today. Definitely, definitely right, a right, great right. bounce back episode. Right, Good to be back with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, hold on, bounce back. Hold on a minute, Graham. Bounce back, bounce back would have meant last week was horseshit. <laughs> I mean, if there was nothing last week and the week before, then I say we bouncing back. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll go with Graham, I'm gonna need you to loosen up a little bit too, and not like I feel like we're interviewing you, and you're giving us these casual answers. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah, yeah. need to loosen up a little That's bit. That's my and, bad. Hey, I, I this, got like, way death. caught off guard when we started talking. Yeah. When my dad text messages started coming, I was like, "Oh, dang! All right, time <laughs> press conference. Let me let me get my suit and tie on." <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Graham, well, make a highlight of this. Find some. Uh, Things that we can post on social media. Thanks so much for Ricky and Josh Tolley. Uh, another edition of Let's Go Ricky Roll with Josh Tolley. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe. We're back. And then uh, hopefully we're back next week. Not too sure. Depends if Ricky's uh, new house yeah, yeah, is fixed. We, we pushed our flight back to next Thursday. So that's okay. for sure now. So, yeah, if I, I should be able to hop on here on Tuesday. Usually this is when Diego naps, so it's perfect. Okay. And totally, uh, we'll get you the tractors fixed. We'll send the tractor doctor to fix everything. Already fixed. I fixed it myself. <laughs> You're going to talk something. to Mr. Deer to make sure they get you a new tractor. Mr. John Deer. <laughs> please, would you please speak with him? Oh, we, we got a guy. We got a guy. Uh, okay. And then uh, we'll, we'll see if we have a guest next week. But it was a lot of fun. Thanks, everybody. Subscribe. Make sure you take the pictures. Let us know. Another edition. Let's go. Ricky Raw with Josh Tolley. <laughs>